Hello, everyone. Welcome to an emergency episode of the All Hoops Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Chris Brito. I'm Stephen Inman. The Knicks have finally fired David Fisdale after a brutal 38-point loss against the Nuggets at home and a 44-point loss two nights earlier against the Bucks. Chris, the Knicks are 4-18. They've fired David Fisdale, but will this firing solve anything? Uh, in one word, no. You know, the problems with the Knicks run deeper than just the coaching. Um, they, have, they, have, they have serious problems with the front office. We know that Steve Mills is not what he's doing. You know, they can't even stick to a simple plan. You know, what example will you have for the next coach here in, in the organization when, this will, when, when the Knicks have had 13 head coaches this century? I mean, they've only had nine playoff wins this century. They've basically had, across 19 years, 13 coaches, you know, lead the team. You know, that's not going to set a good precedent for whoever takes over the later on. So problems run much deeper than David Fisdale. You know, of course, there are coaches that we think can make a difference, but in the end, we know what the problems are. Yeah, Chris, this is a disaster, as you said. You know, thir- this will be the 13th head coach in 19 years, Chris. It's just futility that we've never seen before in the NBA. And it's, unfortunately, with our New York Knicks, really unfortunate there. Um, I don't I don't think it will change anything. Go ahead. Steve, it's almost like an annual event, you know? Yeah. The Knicks fire their coach. I mean, they're either hiring a coach or they're firing a coach. Exactly. But that's the cycle every year. So, like, last year we were bringing in a new coach. Then the next year you fire the coach. So then next year we're bringing in a new coach, and then we'll fire the coach. And it's just, like, it doesn't lead to anything because, first of all, these guys never really have a t- any time to build anything here. They don't have a, really the chance to show their system and show these things. And more often than not, these guys have all been poor choices. I mean, Fisdale is not a good coach here, Chris. They made very questionable decisions all the time. He always was looking confused, you know, dumbfounded on the sideline. You know, before that we had, you know, Jeff Hornacek, who basically didn't teach defense. And before that you had Derek Fisher, who was talking about how, you know, why don't you get Chris Porzingis more involved in the offense? He goes, well, we don't run plays. And that's when I knew he was done. So, you know, most of these guys just aren't good enough to be head coaches. Yeah, so the next person has to be an established coach or at least a, a rising assistant coach, right? And I, we've spoken about this, you know, on and off the podcast. Um, but the, so let, so there, there's two things, right? Um, there, we, what do you want to see for whoever replaces this coach from now until the end of the season? What does this person need to do? Well, I want to see two things, Chris. First of all, I want to see them start to develop the young players. I mean – Mitchell Robinson needs to be an absolute focus, as our buddy Sebastian always says. He needs to be the absolute focus of this team. We need to focus on how to get R.J. Barrett to shoot better. Maybe it's working on his shot, his shot selection. You know, Kevin Knox, whether he's the worst defensive player in the league or not, needs to be playing 30 minutes a game. Okay? You have Frank Milakina, who you love, who a lot of people love. He needs to continue to play. We need to see more Dennis Smith. We need to see some Alonzo Trier. We need to see these young guys and see, hey, can they play at a high level 
here in the NBA. Because if not, you know what? We're going to be doing this again next year with the same group. We have to – don't waste the season. Like you're not making the playoffs. You're 14 games under 500. Let's just see if we can learn something from this season so it's not a total waste. You know what? I think this conversation would be much different if we, we saw progress with, with, with the young players like the loss of the side, if we saw development, I think we, we would have been more lenient on Fisdale. But it's clear that the, the, the young guys weren't improving. Um, so there are two assistants with the team that are currently candidates to become the interim, interim head coach, uh, Mike Miller and Pat Sullivan. Uh, Mike Miller had a lot of success with the G League team. Um, he even won a G League Coach of the Year. Um, uh, last two seasons ago, and it seems to me that he will be the pick. Um, he's had head coach. He has had head coaching experience. Um, he was also part of the Spurs organization with the Austin Toros. Um, you know, I'm not saying this. He's going to change the game, but uh, based on what I've read, it, it seems to me that he had a. He's what we wanted from Phil's to be Fizdale to begin with which is to bring a coach who, you know, is a player's coach, but knew how to, you know, implement today's offense, which is, you know, three-pointers and easy shots near the basket. And it seems to me like he's the guy. Um, and, and Sullivan, he won a national championship with the North Carolina Tar Heels. As a player, you know, he's known to be a defensive-minded coach who works well with bigs. Um, he's worked with several NBA teams including with the Pistons at one point. Um, Sullivan could also be an interesting choice, um, but I, I don't know how much of it we can – right now I don't know how much of the, the bigs we can credit him at this point um, since they're not playing very well. But that might be more on Fisdale. Um, so I think the easy pick will probably be Sullivan. And, you know, he has – and as we discussed, he has no pressure at all, really. Yeah, again, Chris, I don't know enough about these guys to be screaming, we need Pat Sullivan, we need Mike Miller. All I know is they've all, they've all been on this staff and the team has not developed, they have not done anything right. So my thought is they're all kind of more or less extensions of Fisdale. I don't see anybody kind of putting in their own system between now and the end of the year. I think it's just too much for players to learn two different systems in 20 games. I also believe that things aren't going to get much better. I think maybe players are going to start to be like, hey, we got to start putting in more effort. We got to start trying more because now it's on us. You know, they can't, they're not going to fire another coach. They're going to you know, start trading guys off because that's the next step. So I don't think this is going to really change much, but as long as whoever it is starts developing young players, I think that that's all that matters. I mean, again, if they don't win a game for the rest of the year and RJ Barrett, you know, learned how to shoot better. I think this season is is a success. Oh, easily. And I think if if Mitchell Robinson, you know, eventually gets to start and play more minutes and, you know, see more of what we saw at the end of last season, um, then I think we're at least we at least know what what, what we have. Right? You want to hear something crazy about Mitch, Chris? What? You want to hear something crazy about Mitchell Robinson? Let's hear it. All right, so Mitchell Robinson last season led the Knicks in win share. So he was basically more or less their most valuable player. This season, the Knicks leader in win shares is Mitchell Robinson, who has been hurt, 
who has been in foul trouble basically almost every game except for the game in Denver or versus Denver. So it just like it just shows you how valuable this guy is. And in a roster where there's not a lot of talent, whether you're developing guys or not, he's one of your better players. Oh, easily. And he should be starting. And Randall should be coming off the bench. But that's an argument for a different day. No, we had that argument, and I'm on your side now. You know, he's had his most success in his career as a sixth man with New Orleans. I understand he's making $21 million a year. You don't want a guy like that on the bench. But you got to try something differently. And again, these coaches want to win because, you know, whoever the coach is that's going to be brought in or, you know, the interim coach, he's going to want to show I can coach these guys. So you're going to have to try something different. You can't just do the same lineup of three bigs over and over and over again. And and at the end of the day, like, listen, you and me, we're not, you know, we're not like looking at any Knicks game and you see the three bigs clogging up the paint and not being able to get a shot off. Like it's it's pretty obvious that the problem with the Knicks is spacing. And if they don't give each other space, then no wonder the offense is so inefficient. They can't get a shot off. Um, and whoever comes in needs to implement the spacing, needs to know that, like, you can't play Julius Randle and, and Marcus Morris together all the time. And, and Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson with those guys, too. Like, as great as they are, like, spacing has been the biggest issue with this offense on, on top of having a, a, a good ball handler you know, better than Frank Nielakina, you know, like we just don't have a point guard either. Um, but these problems are not going to get fixed overnight. It doesn't, as you said, it really doesn't matter who we bring in. Um, but it remains to be seen, right? Like who knows, maybe one of these assistant coaches can, can surprise us. But, you know, right now the most important thing is development and hopefully the Knicks get, get that point. Um, so we spoke a little bit about these two guys. Ideally, who would you want in in as a coach for the Knicks? You know, after the season. After the season, I would think Jeff Van Gundy makes a ton of sense. He's had arguably the most success as a coach in the Dolan era. You know, he's yes, he's an old school coach, but he's still around, Chris. He coached the United States men's national basketball team at 2017 FIBA. You know, the qualifiers and the 2019 World Cup. You know, here with FIBA, I really believe he's a guy who can really make an impact. He's had success here. So instead of if he gets off to a rough start, we're not all of a sudden seeing a hundred different reporters saying, you know, he's on the hot seat. When's he going to go? He doesn't have control of uh, the front office and all these things because, you know, hey, he's done this before. He's been in this position. He's not going to panic. I think he makes a lot of sense. The question for me is, is money enough? If you give him just a fat paycheck, is that enough for him to come back, you know, to the Knicks? He's got a lot of money. He's got a great gig now. Is he going to want, you know, control of running the basketball operations, making trades, making signing for agents? Because I don't want to give him that. I want to. I want the best coach I can think of to just be the coach. I want to find a different GM executive to run the basketball operations. Right, and I, we both agree that Sam Presti's the guy um, who knows that we can reel him away from OKC, but. You know, Jeff Van Gunny, to me, he has never shut down the notion of coming back to the Knicks. So I think him coming back makes a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of find it hard to believe that he would come back if it was just a, a coaching job. He'd probably want the top title and a lot more control. I don't want to give him that. I we've, we've learned our lesson with Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all time. 
he was probably the worst executive ever. And it's the same sport, but it's just a totally different landscape. You've seen, you know, Stan Van Gundy with, with power as the, you know, Pistons president making these trades. That didn't work. You've seen Tom Thibodeau, an excellent coach, get, you know, power making trade and free agency. I don't want these guys to do it. I don't really see any success at all of a, of a coach running a team in terms of being the GM as well. I don't see any success at all. Yeah, and it's it's I agree. And you know, even a guy like Doc Rivers who used to be the president of the Clippers it didn't really work either. He didn't want that either. Now he's he's, you know, being able to focus all his energy with coaching and look, the Clippers are great are doing great the last two seasons. Um but, you know, it remains to be seen who the interim coach will be as of, you know, the airing of this podcast, but um you know, once we know more, we'll we'll be sure to update you guys. And and you know what? This is this is what comes with being a Knicks fan. You know, it's a lot of turnover, and uh, you hope that this team eventually gets on the right track. Chris, real quick before we wrap up the show, I want to get to the most positive part of the Knicks firing David Fisdale. Oh, let's go for it. Let's see. So look, David Fisdale, he, he wasn't a very good coach. But we've talked about it. We don't really see anybody coming in here and fixing this team. Because of that fact, now Jim, uh, James Dolan is going to be forced to look at Mills and Perry, who have, you know, Mills basically came out when they were 2-8, and eight, put all the pressure on Fisdale, said, hey, we expect to be better. We expect to be a competitive team. Now, all of a sudden, if they win 20 games with, you know, a different coach, Dolan's going to have to look at Mills and say, hey, you know, this is your roster. We've tried different coaches. We tried literally everything. It just didn't work. And I'm going to reassign you within the organization. I don't think he'll be fired because he's just been here so long. They must have a great relationship. I think maybe they'll – and he's done a million things in the organization. Maybe they'll put him back into marketing and he can go focus on how to make better Knicks final tweet scores. Uh, I just get him out of here. And, you know, at this point you kind of hope things go badly – because you know, if they wind up winning 14 games this year, I don't see how they let Mills and Perry run this back. Right, and you almost like as you said, you almost wish that they don't do well, so that Dolan finally realizes that the you know looks at himself and realizes that Steve Mills is like was is just not a good basketball executive. No, um, correct. So I think that's where we are, and that's that. And to me, that's fine. Yeah. Right, and as as we noted. Development, 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 and you know, I, I, it just every year it just seems that this team continuously disappoints us. You know, they don't follow their plan. You know, they continuously strike out. Um, you want to see them turn around the corner. You want them to see development. I mean, we've mentioned it before. Like, we haven't even seen a rookie you know, stay here passes like contract extension, you know, possible contract extension since Charlie Ward. Yeah. I mean, the last Nick to get a rookie contract extension, a first round pick to get a contract extension was Charlie Ward. That's insane. Insane. Like, like you know, consistency is, is easily the biggest problem the Knicks have had, but it's also like the lack of finding the right person for the job. They haven't found the right, they, they, the last right person they've had in the job was Donnie Walsh. Yeah. And then Donnie said, Hey, you gotta trust me. We're going to go get Carmelo, but we're going to do it on my terms where we're not overpaying. Dolan panicked, went over his head 
And then basically, you know, Donnie Walsh stepped down. You know, the Knicks made a weird press release saying it was due to his health. Donnie Walsh has went to run the Indiana Pacers instead. Clearly his health was fine. And he drafted Paul George. So that's all you really need to know there with a 10th pick. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to add before we wrap up the show? No, that's it. Um, uh, Hopefully the Knicks turn it around. Oh, Chris, here's the news. We just got it from Shams. Mike Miller will be the Knicks interim head coach. So we speculated on this, whether it was him or Pat Sullivan. It will be Mike Miller. What do you think? You know what? I'm, I'm, I like it. I think his resume says that he's a guy who knows, at least knows how, how to run a modern offense. Uh, it begs to see how he does in the NBA. Um, but hopefully he gets to learn from Fizzell's mistakes, uh, gets to develop the players. You know, he had a good um, – Rap report with with the players in the in the G League. So, you know, I'm encouraged by this. Hopefully, he knows how to run the team well. Yeah, as you said, Chris. You know, he's got a great rapport with young players, helping develop young players. I think this makes a lot of sense. I also wonder, you know, is he really in charge of who plays significant minutes, who doesn't? Is that more Mills and Perry? Like, you know, Scott Perry drafted Kevin Knox last year, ninth overall. Like if. If Perry really insisted on Knox playing, I think he'd be playing. Um, I really believe that uh, the Knicks really handled this whole thing not not well with Fizdale today, where he uh, he he coach practiced, he spoke to the media, and then was fired. So clearly, this was something that wasn't planned going into the day. It must have been a last second decision. It seems kind of out of nowhere. You know, David Fizdale was already talking about potential lineup changes for you know, Saturday's game at the Garden against the Pacers. But out with Fisdale, in with Mike Miller, the 13th head coach in the last 19 seasons. I hope, I hope it works out, Chris, and that he's our, you know, head coach for the next 10 years. But as of right now, it, it's, it's difficult for me to understand if he's going to be able to make significant changes. It's going to be really tough, for, especially for a group of young players, to learn two different systems in the, you know, a smallest time frame like this. Yeah, and you know we can't expect much really from from Mike. You know he's basically given. Listen, here are the keys of the broken car. All right, now try to drive through New York City. Like it's just not going to happen that way. So you know you want to see him do well, but you know we know what the problem is. It's Mills, Perry, the front office. They need to go. So right now the focus should be on the young guys and. We'll go on from there. Very well said, Chris. That's going to do it for us here on All Hoops. We'll be back early next week to talk about Mike Miller's first game as Knicks head coach. If you have a suggestion of who you want to be running the Knicks as president, GM, and head coach in 2020, please let us know on our Twitter page and Facebook in the comment section, and we will talk about that on our next show. All right. Thanks, guys. 